Once upon a time, a wolf loved a rabbit. A rabbit loved a deer. A wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. Episode 11. Oh my god, things are getting weird. Do we need to do another opening? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Cut. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Akashina Podcast Anime with Friends, also known as the Cherryton School Report, a Beastars podcast. Um, I think I forgot to say that last episode, but that's oh, okay. Definitely. No one is writing to us to tell us yes or no on that. I know, it's kind of heartbreaking. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm here entertaining myself and my room full of stuffed animals. That's, that's it. It's almost Halloween over here. I'm excited because we're going to DerpyCon. Not we as in Dawn and me, but me and my daughter. Oh, I was, <laughs> I, I thought I was scoring an exclusive invite right there. Hey, you are welcome to, as long as you can pass as a seven to 12 year old. I... <laughs> well, people have told me I look young for my age. Um, that is not, that's not happening. No, probably not. Uh, I will be dressing as Yamato from One Piece. And my daughter will be dressing as Sugar from One Piece. So we're really, we're really going for the, who are you? <laughs> crowd. Yeah, I, having even read all of the stuff, I don't remember who Sugar is. Sugar's from dress, the Dressrosa arc. She's, mm-hmm. um... She's one of the main villains that uh, she she's the one that turned people into dolls. Okay, yeah, I'm vaguely remembering that. So she has like blueberries a, on her finger. There's a yeah. Part of the difficulty is uh, one piece is extraordinarily long, and everything's in black and white in the comic book that I am reading. So, like the blueberries on the fingers would not have uh, rung a bell. Right, it doesn't it doesn't visually like remain for you because it's not blue or whatever color blueberries are, it's not exactly blue. That's my hot take. Very <laughs> Why very are hot. blueberries blue? Why aren't they called blue, blue blackberries? Uh yeah, it, it's really it, it's really a tepid. What tepid is take. What would you name a blueberry were it not that? Um I don't know like um Juice berries. Squish Fru- berries. Squish Fru- berries. Frewsberries. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Cut print. Um, no, but we're excited. Um, and if you guys are at DerpyCon, come say hello. I'll be the... Uh, I'm not literally eight feet tall, but I'll be the one that's like six foot, one and a half. <laughs> Plus I'll probably be wearing Gata. I'll probably be wearing Gata, so that'll put me up another two inches, so... I'll be enormous. Hopefully not, like... Hopefully I fit my costume. (laughs) I don't sew very well. I was really proud recently when I just sewed some patches on my jacket that I had already ironed on to reinforce them. And I'm loving the look. Oh my god. So uh, good. I hesitate to tell you this, but there's something called patch magic um, that you can purchase and stick patches onto things very effectively. Uh, and it was very simple. Uh, I use it for my son's uh, scout uniforms. I like the idea, but you didn't hear what I said. I'm quite proud of the I job did I did. It. I did hear it. I am just telling you, for future knowledge, 
Um, this stuff is pretty useful. Delete. <laughs> oh man. No, I lo- I like it. Thank you, Don. Thank you for trying to help me save time in a world where that means nothing to me. Just <laughs> um, anything exciting going on in your world before we get into this extremely weird episode? Um, I'm reading some young adult uh, novels by the author of um, Shadow and Bone. I watched that series. Uh, yeah. Because I like Ben Barnes. And um, it was okay. I mean, I would have to say the books are pretty okay. I actually like, I, I what is the, I'm reading Six of Crows, which is by the same author. And it's I actually believe some of, the, of that is going to make it into the Netflix series. Well, it is already in the Netflix has. series. Some of it has been. But I'll tell you that the plot in Six of Crows is different than what has shown up in the show. And I would say is uh, arguably superior. Uh, and therefore I can recommend it. I mean, the one problem I had with the show was that I can't imagine that girl not wanting to be with the dark wizard played by Ben Barnes because he's a handsome motherfucker. Well, that is very consistent with what they wrote in the books as well. (laughs) Like the other guy she has a thing for or whatever is very vanilla. It almost reminds me of the Hunger Games where, well, the Hunger Games is unique in that neither of the people they cast for the roles is particularly attractive to, well, particularly me, but I, I think most of us are like, uh, Gail or Peter, no. How about no? How about how about the old guy, uh, Haytham, played by Woody Harrelson? I mean, I would He's say- like the sexiest guy in the, the whole series. Even or the president, President Snow. He's old, but man, he gets it going. I would say even in the books, I am more drawn to, um, what was it? Peter? President Snow? No. Um, I was going Heaven's back Bay. to Shadow and Bone. Um, oh, but, sorry. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I hear you that there is some conflicts there. But yes, that's that's what I've been doing on the side. Yourself? Well, I already talked about myself, so I can get into the episode now. Let's do it. Legoshi starts off sniffing again. I like it when he behaves like that, when he does his canine behaviors. He sniffs out the scent of life and finds these caterpillars or grubs. I'm not sure which they're supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it seems like he's planning to eat them alive because he needs to build strength. The strength of a carnivore. This is what Gohin has told him to do to gain strength. And this is the weirdest. Uh, I, I love this scene. I love um, this whole part of the arc because it makes no sense at all. Uh, (laughs) And it is vaguely psychedelic. It is. Um, I, I, I have to ask you whether you think that the moth really did talk to him through some kind of ancient, like, consciousness or it was just we were in the perspective of his senses because once he eats the the caterpillar uh, and he only eats one he eats one grub <laughs> he eats one grub and suddenly he goes on this epic journey in his mind through like the earth and he like finds like the the taste of life 
he faints. He like, yeah, he he's eaten the spark of this caterpillar, which will now never turn into its fully actualized being of. of but it a, appears it as appears a fully him. grown moth. Yes, and it tells him not mind? to regret. It yeah. um, it's sort of luminescent. It's a it's a what does. Here is a question from you. What does Legoshi learn from his moth spirit guide? Legoshi learns that there is an order to life and the food chain, and that although although Legoshi is burdened with well, I, you know what? I'm going to say that Legoshi <laughs> learns that his the thing that he's thought of as his burden, this idea that he is a carnivore who eats meat or who is supposed to eat meat in order to live and survive and find strength and find his purpose, that it that once he he used to want to be an insect and be be have that burden lifted from him. I think what he learns is that he can take on that burden and then by his choices, find a new path through it because he even swears off ever eating a grub again after just one grub. Yeah. And might I say, this is very strange, Um, but I do like, (laughs) I do like the world building that uh, this, that implies here. That, that insects do not concern themselves with forgiveness or this idea of punishment or any of that. And they don't care that, they, that, that he, they've been disparaged by him. It means nothing. They see him as just a strong creature who will, who, who will respect life. And if he respects life and he eats them and he turns, his, he turns that soul into his flesh and blood then they have served their purpose. And it's, they... it's almost a Buddhist concept. Um, I that love you, it. Thank you. You must live your life to its fullest actualization. And by doing so, you will transcend to the next level. Like, what does it mean, you know, if, if you are a good human, or if you're the best possible human version of a human that you can be, you can become a bodhisattva, you can become a... A, a spiritual being that transcends the material plane. But, you know, if you're not that, you're cast further down and then you become an animal. And how do animals transcend? Well, they've got to be the best versions of themselves. And so, like, you know, a fox will go around being the best fox it can be and a bird would be the best bird it can be, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, th- to me, this concept of, like, if you're going to eat me, you know, then there's no regrets. Like, you must... You must use that which you have taken from me, the life essence, and be that life essence must shine on through you, and in that sort of concept. To beat a bear. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's what we know is supposed to happen. <laughs> this insect doesn't know that. Look, no, but it is sort of weird, and it gets me back. It also makes me throw back to last season and the eggs. Uh, and like, how are you able to eat eggs if like this is the sort of like mental? stuff that you go through when you consume a grub yeah it, there's this whole weird moment too where Legoshi like he just sits there and weeps yeah 
He's and uh, the insects like we do not have tears. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, this reminds me of the time I was in Sorrento, Italy, and I had a limoncello, and it was my first time ever having it. And the lemons they make it from were from that area of Sorrento, um, and it was froze. It was like almost frozen. And it was, I just drank it in one shot. And I like, I had this like trippy dream in my head. Like I went all the way back through the like life of the lemon, like through the earth, like into the tree, into the lemon, like squeezed out by like worn hands and like made into this liqueur. And like, I just, it was, it was, it was like, it was ecstatic. It was ecstasy. That sounds amazing, honestly, the way you described it. And that's just what Legoshi went through when he ate this grub. Yeah, but I didn't cry for the life of the lemon. But I understand if it was a lot, a living thing, maybe you would feel something like that. Anyway. uh, And what the fun, man. What? Legoshi goes from Legoshi smooth no more. Yeah, he, he passes out. And when he wakes up, he looks like old Legoshi. His fur has mystically grown uh, overnight or yep. Uh, yep. in the in the time that he passed out. Um, this is like a power pill that he has consumed. Yes. Is it because he denied himself for so long that like even just a little bit of protein? Well, then has, you've got them. You've got the sent person, him into biological overdrive. You've got the person fighting against themselves. Like it's very weird because Gohin is the one like, well, I know a way you can get stronger. And then he, you know, essentially recommends this to Legoshi and Legoshi eats it. And his first takeaway is never again. I've eaten my last grub, which uh, was kind of a weird takeaway, but it's obviously had major effects. I mean, like, I don't know what to say about it. Like, if eating meat had this sort of effect or things on other creatures, like, I really do feel like this is a very a Buddhist sort of take. Like, Legoshi is taking the Buddhist path. Harm no creatures. Like, we must protect the weak we will you know we will transcend our reality and that is what Legoshi is trying to do i i have to believe that the effect is stronger on him um than it would be on anyone else in the same circumstance <sighs> there's i have a theory that it has to do with his heritage but i i the show has not even hinted that that's what this is so i can't bring it up i can't like explore it at this moment i'm just going with what we just discussed but i do want to tell the audience who are in the know that maybe it has something to do with that um but nobody thinks it's weird like gohin isn't like well that never happens (laughs) yeah that was that was something um now we're back with riz salt is salty sugar is sweet his sense of taste is coming back which is Flies in the face of everything we said last episode. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. The implication is that he is off his meds. Yes, he is because he's getting bigger. Yeah, and so, which would not, as far as I can tell, make you taller. But let's. I mean, is he just becoming more delusional? Is he putting it more in the background? Is like because he's actively trying to stop Legoshi now. He's more of a participant in his own existence. Maybe I. 
I can't tell. I agree that this is very interesting. And the question is, is it because he's off the meds and he's becoming more of himself? Or is it because he's embraced this role of, you know, this sort of, that there's going to be a resolution to this and he'll be able to taste again? But that seems like the issue was he ate Tem and then he lost all sense of taste and smell. Yeah. So why would that have come back when that fundamental point issue has not, has been, not been resolved yes exactly so it's a it's it, to me it's more of a a warning sign or a trigger like oh no but maybe it is related to that because he had gone off his meds when he before he went to see tem right he wanted oh, tem to experience he wanted he wanted to be like hey tem this is who i really am and then he lost his mind and ate tem um and so now the foreboding is that he's going to lose his mind again, obviously. So then we get to another incredibly strange scene in a episode of strange scenes. Um, this one's just kind of funny, but also it sets up, I think not as well as the manga did. It sets up sort of what's going on between Louis and Ibuki, the head of the lion gang that's been sort of, uh, watching over him and protecting him and uh, trying to get to know him. But uh, what is turning, what, what starts out as sort of a touching scene where uh, Ibuki starts feeling that he's finally opening up because he confesses that he doesn't like heavy liquor and he wants, he wants a, uh, a plum, plum uh, wine. wine cooler, basically. And the uh, <laughs> ghost shows up. Dressed as just as a woman, I don't know, a, a woman of the night. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're... and he's he's like playing the part, but he's not at the same time. No, I actually found this to be this is where the episode starts to lose me because we're pushing on towards this particular resolution, and I really don't understand um, uh, Louis place in all of it like i understand that lagoshi wants him there but he's in principle taking a tremendous risk just being anywhere near louis um and louis is pretty actively like there's no reason for you to be here um and so to follow like this was a very comedic moment um you had lots of uh you know louis shows up basically just tell him like this is what's happening this is where it's going down I want you to be there uh, and then runs off while meanwhile um, Ibuki is like, that's the ugliest dame I've ever laid eyes on. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't second judge the uh, boss's choices here. Um, but was it before this scene where Ibuki was talking to the other henchmen and saying like, if I ever try and eat the boss, it's your job. It was in a previous me. episode. Yes, it was a previous episode. But I don't think we discussed that. Um, and it was it to me. It's a little weird. Like the the lions know they've got a good thing with um, with Louis, but we don't generally see them struggling with their baser instincts here. So that's because they're eating so well, though. But then I imagine. I guess that they're thinking like. If for some reason, just in the heat of the moment, like what happened, like, I think it's set up with Riz, though, is that like, 
he didn't, I don't think he intended to eat Tem that night, but circumstances led to what they did. And then boom, it happened. I think that they, that that setup kind of prepares us for the idea that maybe the lions might accidentally eat Louie. I guess, but the lions are adults and are operating a criminal enterprise and, you know, yeah, but there's Riz a lot a of them. Kid. And I mean, and 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 Ibuki talks a little bit about that, the fact that um that he only saw one path as a lion and Louis showed him another that he was told to be the king of lions and that that's what it meant to be a lion, but he's never been as comfortable as he has with Louis since he met him. And I guess that's kind of also saying why Lagoshi needs him is that Louis is part of his balance. Part of part of the story of Lagoshi being who he is is that he met Louis and yes and fed from his strength. I, I suppose although did he feed from his strength as much as he was involved in a weird love triangle? Like I mean in it's pretty gay, too. <laughs> yeah. Not just because Lagoshi's in a dress and high heels, but... I, I just want to point out that the Japanese uh, that Ibuki says in this part is... <laughs> is, um... Strike zone hiro. <laughs> he goes, Oh my goodness, his strike zone is quite large. <laughs> Larger than expected. <laughs> what does that even mean? It means that, um... Like the the strike zone where like if you were batting knees to nipples, it's bigger and allows for more uh, leeway. So like, uh, is he just basically calling him huge? No, he's saying that he's saying that he's saying that Louis's strike zone is huge, meaning that he'll sleep with anybody. Okay, yes, now I understand. Yes, he's he is saying that. Louis is not a very discerning uh, right. consumer. <laughs> right. But it just, in Japanese, it's just so funny to me because <laughs> the timing of the joke is also hilarious. I mean, it, it's um, the, the misinter the will, well, the obvious misinterpretation, but it's, it's meant to be a deceiving um, outfit. Uh, is, it is pretty funny. And I love that uh, Lagoshi feels the, it's, it's Lagoshi, by the way, like as if, <laughs> As if Louis would not obviously recognize Louis's who it is. face when he saw him for the first time was so good. And then, and then he just, he's, Lagoshi's pouring his heart out and he's like, you have to be there to witness me die if that's what it takes. And, and he's, he just starts cracking up and he's like, this is, I'm sorry, your face is against the rules. Your face is, no, no, Lagoshi. I can't take you seriously. And yet... Um, but it's the question of the series, and I think you'll get your answer, but also it's something that I think is hotly debated still, is why Lagoshi feels it's necessary to have Louis there. Well, I I am... There is a reason that, Legoshi, that Louis will be there. Like, there is he is Chekhov's gun in this particular situation. Like he's, he has a role to play. I don't know what it is in the final It's like act. Gollum. He's going to fall into the volcano. Okay. Maybe, but uh, I'm not going to, I don't know. 
Uh, I have yet to see it, but I, I did think it was, I, I don't think the show has done as good a job establishing the relationship that the two have from the first season, because I felt like the real relationship that was meant to be established was between Lagoshi and Haru, which was and is. But honestly, this season is much less about that relationship and more about sort of the the intertwining of all relationships. And Haru is having no role with um, with Louis at all. She hasn't seen or heard him in the entire series. That is a fair critique, but I would say that Lego- we do know how Lagoshi feels about their relationship because his tale tells us every single time. Yes, uh, agreed. I just felt like this episode is hitting me over the head with it in a way that was not there in the first episode. Like I didn't shut up and kiss you two. I, I still don't necessarily see it as a, um, as a sexually driven one. No, probably not. I do understand uh, why people will ship him though. Uh, But okay. So Lagoshi has come, he's made his pitch, he's gone off. mm -hmm. And then I'm skipping some bits, but, um, in fact, I will skip straight to the end, um, which is Louis Caves. He says to Ibuki, I have to go see my friend. And what I am a bit at a loss for is he's the boss. Why can't he tell Ibuki, we're going to go watch this these high schoolers fight. I'm the boss. We do what I say. As opposed to this being some sort of weird inflection point. Uh, and now the lions are like, you know what this means if you go. It's like, why does it mean anything? <laughs> like, what does it mean? Well, they, they call him out on it and they say, well, why don't you just not, why don't you just stay in the group after, and come back to us afterward? And he's like, well, I can't because I've been doing this wrong. And Lagoshi's shown me that I should be fighting the fight there, not here in the shadows. If I want to go with Lagoshi now, I can't stay here in the shadows and work this black market anymore. Whether you buy that or not is inconsequential. That is what they're going for. Excellent, excellent retort to the comment I was about to make. Yes. (laughs) I, I struggle with that because Lagoshi has spent the entire episode trying to convince him that in fact, this is a good and right place for himself to be. And he's been consuming a bunch of meat the uh, entire time and yet has not, uh, he hasn't had the same impact on him that it had on Lagoshi, that's for sure. But I would also say that Louis has not accustomed himself. They made a point of it throughout the season to point out that, like, oh, yeah. hey, he, he's vomiting it up. I mean, he's he's vomiting up the meat. Um, he's a baby. He's a little bit lost amongst these corrupt people. Not corrupt, but like amongst these people. The with- underworld. Amongst the underworld. Yes, thank you. Cosmo, you thought, what does this have to do with anything? But she told him, like, you don't belong here, basically. Like, get out while you can. Like, she was sort of a warning um, that that's what life is like there. And although he seems to have acclimated to it in some ways, and he's definitely found a family with the lions, that can't be denied. Um, he needs to return and face society. What what we are missing in all of these episodes is 
what he does to be so effectual. Like he has clearly brought the uh, the clan up to its highest. I mean, they're they're very clear. Like they've never been so successful as they are under Louis. But do we really understand what he's done, what decisions he's making, what great insight he's bringing? Like if he's just, or is a, he just a figurehead? Yeah, I mean. What what sort of brilliance is he bringing to Baker? Like it doesn't really seem to even play on his talents. He's a he's a B star candidate, but like he doesn't seem to like bring out. Ah, that is his talent, though, is acting. Right. He's been performing as the head of the gang, and by performing at his top level, he's been able to make it seem like. He is the one in charge and making decisions, even though probably it's Ibuki who's actually in charge of the gang. I feel like that's a bit of a stretch, if only because being really good at acting doesn't mean you necessarily have acumen. Like, good actors don't necessarily turn into great CEOs just because they act like a good CEO. Like, you need to know how to what decisions to make. Well, I what actually, if you don't need to? I like. What if I you like just your, need to be a figurehead? So I, I like your point that... Um, Perhaps his uncanny ability is to um, see which members should be making decisions and being able to coax that out of them or, or get them to be the best selves. And, you know, um, Ibuki, in fact, says how how happy he is um, that Lagoshi, he, he's like, this is the best I've ever felt in this organization, the most natural it's ever felt. And then the show ends with a gunshot. <laughs> You'll have to wait till next time to oh, find I'm, out what I'm happens. I'm confident that I have to wait till next time. I also, we, we need to backtrack a little bit because this isn't even, you know, the the fight more or less has begun. And we haven't even talked about Pina. Right. Pina tries to, tries a sting operation. Um, he's a loner, strangely enough. He doesn't bring anyone else in on this. Uh, he doesn't even bother to reach out to Legoshi to kind of like, make sure that he's got some backup in this plan. He just tries to get Riz to confess to his crime on camera, but Riz sees right through it, cracks the camera and grabs Pina. And uh, when he faces down Legoshi, he tries to psych him out, prick, prick his anger. Yeah, that's good too. Um, I think that's right. He, the implication is he had just come from eating, um, Pina. And as far as I can tell, that's probably accurate. Like he is covered in blood. Uh, and it it is still a little weird though, because, you know, did he, now he's eating him out of spite as opposed to eating Tem out of love? Like this is really, that sort of solidifies the villain narrative. And now we would expect, because if you recall, Lagoshi is trying to more or less save um, Riz and rehabilitate him in some way that's the that's the way that um agreed uh that he's been running i just have to say this r.i.p now (laughs) yeah god that's a bad one but i i have to give it to you thank you thank you um whether he ate him or didn't eat him or is mostly eaten him or whatever it is right um you have you have a very good point in that it would be 
it would fly against what we've learned so far about Riz's motivations and stuff for him to just eat him. Because after he beats Lagoshi, it's going to be obvious that Riz was the villain that ate his friend again. I mean, right. we're going to call him his friend because they're both in drama club, but you know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, there, there's all sorts of problems here, which is that Riz's defeating Lagoshi doesn't really solve Riz's problems in any meaningful way. It's only going to create more death and there's going to be more scrutiny and there are more chances that he'll be caught. And the same Although is true it does seem Pina. like he has to solve the problem of Pina and Lagoshi. So does. this could be a two birds with one stone sort of situation. Yeah, but it doesn't really solve the problem, right? Yeah, I'm not sure what would, though. I mean, he has the problem that these two people have penned him in and have threatened to go to the police, but now there's going to be a duel. They're calling it a duel. It's not quite a duel. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, it's they're certainly not using pistols. That would have been hysterical if this duel, instead of claws and fangs, um, was... Pistols at 20 paces. Yeah, that's... I mean... They're, they're, they're fighting to the death. That's what it means. Alexander Hamilton. Um, do you have anything else to talk about in this episode? I don't. I think we've touched on all the main stuff. Like, I, I did feel like it was a little rushed to bring us to the denouement that is going to come next episode but at this point it's been a heck of a roller coaster ride not i'm ready for it um i kind of i kind of want you know if i'm listing out the things i want um i don't really need to see a lot of riz and uh, louis fighting um i you want to see riz and louis sorry i that would be fascinating um i don't need to see really a lot of fighting i i need riz subdued um i'd like the snake to come back what was that the crazy snake six eyes <laughs> six eyes could come back yeah that would be um that would i mean that's what six eyes is supposed to be doing like what the heck has six eyes been doing so good I, question <laughs> i kind of expect six eyes to come back because uh it really makes no sense if she doesn't he doesn't he's very ambiguous uh, which i'm fine with but i don't know what pronouns i'm supposed to use there's this part where Ibuki asks Louie, which of us would make a better mount for the wall? Your, like, skull and antlers or my... Or your, like, head and antlers or my, you know, mane. And Louie's like, you're going to sacrifice yourself for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you think that's foreshadowing, huh? I thought that was a bit strong, that little bit of foreshadowing. But, um, you know... Later on, there's this other speech, which is even better, where the the themes of sort of the the strength of the herbivores, which I would say is probably one of the, the themes developed over the season, uh, is just underlined really strongly by Ibuki when he says that, like, boss, no beast is as strong as you. The strength of a lion is, is just a weapon that you point at a problem. But... Um, herbivores bring happiness they bring i've i've i I lived in the dark for so long and the days i spent with you were the like most comfortable of my life so like again that that like the burden 
of being the king of the beast, the burden of being a strong carnivore is, is just right front and center. And this idea of coexistence is almost like this dream that can't exist in the dark. It can only exist in the light. And that's sort of, to me, like is where we're talking about why Louis has to leave the Shishigumi and join back with society again. Why he has to go back probably, you know, to what's waiting for him, which is the Zaibatsu, the, the company and, and school and B-stars and all of it. But maybe he's dead. Maybe he got shot. Who knows? I mean, he can't have been shot, but that ending the episode with a gunshot was just too much of a tease. Anyway, thanks all for listening. If you'd like to talk to us about anything we discussed in the show or just send us a little bit of love, you can reach us at thelovemachine.com. <laughs> just send all your materials there. Twitter.com, Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. Uh, wait, no, it's just Okashina Podcast. Okay, S-H-I-N-A Podcast. Uh, we will see you next time. And until then, Beast... On. Off. Off. <laughs> Both. Beast. Gotta turn on it off. on to turn it off. Hey, Raven. What's up, Fantast? Do you like anime? I sure do. Do you have a limited amount of time in your schedule due to demands of capitalism? Unfortunately, yes! Well, I have the show for you. It's called Weebkin Warriors. Oh yeah! It's that podcast where you and I come together every Thursday and talk about anime that are 24 episodes or less. That's right! And you can find us on the Orange Grove's Podcast Network or your podcatcher of choice. Have, have a, a good, good Weebkin! Weebkin.